Look in your Bibles with me to Isaiah 6, verses 3 and 4. Isaiah 6, verses 3 and 4. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Uh, To introduce today's um, message, Jose Rojas is unique among evangelists. I've heard him tell a very humorous story. You know, he's in the vice president of the general conference in that realm. And he doesn't look like one. For starters, he's got this huge mustache. He's... uh, he just, he doesn't look like a vice president of the general conference. Anyway, God put his hand on him when he was about 16 years old, and he started preaching from about that age onward. He's got a powerful message. Today's message is one of the most powerful messages I've ever heard. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but in all the decades I've heard preachers, this is one of the most powerful. This would be in the top ten, actually. The top ten. And... I think I would subtitle it as those who will go through the heavenly gates will have these characteristics that he will talk about. It's like a ticket to heaven. Basically how we treat other people. Jose Rojas. I come to the garden alone. While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear falling on my ear It's the Son of God who discloses Now check this out He walks with me And he talks with me And he tells me that I am his own And the joy we share as we tarry there None other has ever known. I mean, I mean, now check this out. He speaks and, and, and the sound of his voice, it, it is so sweet. Even the birds hush their singing. That's hard to do with Loma Linda. The melody that he gives to me, the Son of God is bringing. So he walks with me and he talks with me. That's hard to believe. And he tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, we come to the garden together this day. While the dew of your Holy Spirit is still fresh on our hearts. Let the voice we hear falling on our ears be the Son of God disclosing. So walk with us today. Talk with us. Tell us that we are your own. So that the joy we share as we tarry here, none other has ever known.
sir, we would see Jesus. In his name we ask. Amen. You know, when, when God found me, I've heard Christians once in a while say, you know, ever since I found God, now how can lost sheep find the shepherd? If you're lost, that's the point. You can't find something because you're lost. Ladies, inevitably what happens when you're in the car and he is lost? Honey, shouldn't we pull over? I know where I am. I'm on a street. And we'll get us there. Shouldn't we? What do sisters always suggest, gentlemen? Shouldn't you stop and ask for directions? And of course, from a testosterone perspective, this is totally insulting. I am totally lost, and I will lose us even more in my quest to find the place. So once you find yourself in Victorville, but you were looking for San Diego, okay, I'll stop at the AM, PM, since it's two in the morning, they're the only place that's open. And as you get there, they're closed. <laughs> Gentlemen, I have learned something in life. Listen to her. Girl knows what she's talking about. Put your pride aside and ask for directions. That's why the Word of God exists. We can ask for directions. The power of this book is that it does require enough humility to say, I'm lost and I can't find my way. It's okay to ask for directions. It's not that embarrassing when you think about it because if you actually get found, then you really did a good thing. Jesus came not to find holy people. That's another misconception in our society. We actually think that being a Christian means that you are good. I don't think so. That's why when people go to a church, they immediately like, this is a church? Look at all the problems in this church. Look, at, don't even look. But there's something sitting over there that shouldn't be there. Somehow people get the idea that a church is for holy people. As we saw in a previous meeting, that makes as much sense as walking into the hospital and saying, there's sick people in here. What are they doing here? It's a clean place. Look at it. It smells like medicine. These people should fix themselves up before they walk in. That makes just as much sense. Jesus did not come to find holy people. Jesus came to find lost people. He left the 90 and 9 so he can find me, so he can find you. We do not find Jesus. Jesus finds us. And then one day, he calls you to be a disciple. Now think about that for a second. When Jesus shows up in your life, he says, simply follow me. Excuse me? Class doesn't end for another three hours. Follow me. <laughs> he still calls people in the coolest of locations. I've seen Jesus call people on airplanes. I've seen him call people at churches. I've seen him call people at the grocery store. I've seen him call people in the bathroom. That is totally cool. We will not go into any details. God can call you 
from any place. And another beauty of when Jesus calls disciples is that he loves you so much that he calls you just the way you are because he sees in you what you will become. If you think that you are here to merely become a medical professional, get in line. There are millions of others like you on planet Earth. Good luck in the competition when you turn your resume in and hope for a job. But let me tell you what sets you apart from others. If you have met Jesus, there's going to be an edge to you. There's more than science that drives a good medical professional. It's when a medical professional has learned to love and respect their patients. And I'm telling you, Jesus can do those things in your life. When Jesus calls a disciple, he immediately begins to build them. You're not just a follower. When he said, follow me to two fishermen, he thought, if you think it's joyful to catch a, you know, a largemouth black bass, you know, a three-pounder and above, we're talking about serious joy when you reel those babies in. If you think that's exciting, watch what happens when you make more disciples. I'll make you fishers of men. It's even better when you hang out with Jesus. Now, my friends thought it was kind of embarrassing. Oh, man, you're, you're like a Christian now. You can't do nothing. No, no, I can but I choose not to. Oh, like prisoner, and you're happy about it. No. <laughs> My friends thought it was funny. Why is it that, that, that if I love Jesus and I've chosen to accept his invitation to be a disciple, it's embarrassing. Uh, you can't do this because this dude, you know, he's kind of like, he's got religion now. Kind of like the, like the latest virus. He's got religion, you know, it's blowing on campus. And I just told him, man, have you ever met Jesus? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> then how was that religion? Oh, <laughs> now it became a nervous laugh. Don't knock it until you've checked it out for yourself. Bring it into the laboratory of your own heart. Taste and see that the Lord is God. Because once Jesus calls disciples, things begin to happen. A true disciple of Jesus is not merely a follower. He's making something out of you. That means you're a leader in training. When Jesus called me to be a disciple, he found me on the street. I remember when I got fired from my janitorial job. And by the way, if you have extra work for me, I'm still good at you know, vacuuming, I can do a serious window, and I can still, still do a lawn with perfect edging. I, I, I can still do toilets when no one else will. I haven't forgot where, where I came from, ladies and gentlemen. You can never become so sophisticated that you forget who you are and where you come from, because when Jesus found me, he really did call some scum. But he saw something in this punk from the street that he could do something with. And I'm still very cognizant of the fact that I am not a good man. But I hang out with a good God, so you got to deal with it. I'm very conscious. That's my wife. That, that, that I, 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 I don't always know what to do. But I hang out with an omniscient God who knows all things, and he lives right here. I'm a weak man. 
but he's almighty and he lives right here. When you're a disciple of Jesus, something begins to happen. Yes, you can indeed agree that it is supernatural, but do not knock it unless you've experienced it for yourself. In Matthew chapter 13, we are told what happens when Jesus begins to build his kingdom of disciples. Too many people have thought that the kingdom of Jesus is to come someday in the future, that heaven is going to someday come and like, yeah, and when is that going to be? Even my grandma used to talk about it, and bless her soul, she now rests. She passed away. And you get this idea that heaven is some faraway, distant something that's going to come in some unknown future. Heaven is bigger than that. I, I remember growing up looking at pictures of heaven, you know, fat babies with little wings and three-string harps. That was so seriously destructive to me. I'm a string man myself. I, I play a 12-string. I'm in the process of getting a 32-string harp guitar. We're graduating. I'm a string man. I want to get my 42-string harp again. I, get, I donated my last one. If, you, if it's got strings, I want to pull on them, man. Pull on them. <laughs> I'm obsessed with strings. Do I hear an amen somewhere out there? You see, brothers and sisters, when I see a baby, a cute fat little baby with little tiny wings that don't work and a three-string harp. I don't want to go there either. That's scary stuff. What are we going to do? We just sit around, man. Bing. 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 That is not the kingdom of heaven. Revelation does tell us that he is preparing a kingdom. He, he told his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you will be also. I will come again. So Jesus is going to come back. Check it out. He's going to come back to take his disciples home. That's why they were sad when he left. But he says, don't you be sad forever. I'm going to come back. The, 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 the angel said, as you've seen him go in the clouds, he's going to come back in the clouds. But something's happening before then. A movement of disciples. You see, in Matthew chapter 13... We are told Jesus talks about his kingdom, and he's talking to a group of disciples who thought that Jesus was coming to save them because Rome was occupying all of North Africa, the Middle East, and Europe at the time, and they had to pay taxes, and the Roman soldiers brutalized the people. You had to pay taxes to a government you hated, and there were insurgencies constantly developing against them, and they were called zealot movements. They finally arrested one of the major insurgent leaders who had declared himself the Messiah, a military leader who would throw out the Romans. His name was Barabbas, and he was brought to Jerusalem in chains. When they finally captured him in Galilee, they killed a lot of men, women, and children just to find this one guy. So when Jesus came along, the disciples were pumped. He's called me to be a disciple. I can't read or write, but I'm hanging out with the Messiah, and he's going to drive out the Romans, man. We're going to see Roman blood on the streets. And then the throne will be reestablished in Jerusalem. So they were excited. So naturally, because a political power is coming, that means uh, the king has to choose a prime minister. So who's going to be first in the kingdom? And that was always the fight with the disciples. Okay, like, he called me first. 
So I'm going to be the prime minister. Dude, you can't read, all right? Sit down. I got two earned doctorates. I am qualified to be a prime minister. I've even advised prime ministers. I know the job description. I've worked on legislation for Pete's sake. No, man, you're too smart. Sit down. They can never agree. And then Jesus told them, you guys, my kingdom is not of this world. He was letting them know, I didn't come to kill people. I came that they, have my, they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Okay, this is weird. We need to kill a bunch of Romans, restore the throne, and this man wants to hug Romans. What is up with Jesus? And Jesus still does that to people today. Okay, you guys are weird, man. You Christians. Thank you. To be a peculiar people means that you've learned to love the unlovely. You've learned something bigger in life. There's more than job. There's more than money. There's more than position. There's something about character, personhood, the value of humanity. Jesus told him, my kingdom is not of this world. And in Matthew chapter 13, he begins by giving a litany of a description of what his kingdom would be. The kingdom of heaven is like a guy who went out to sow good seed. He planted a huge wheat field. And many of our viewers, especially out there on the plains of Iowa, Kansas, and Nebraska, you know what we're talking about when you plant your, your wheat the power of planting good seed, and it sprouts like you're, we're on our way to Fresno. Everything's green up here. What's going on? Very few palm trees, but lots of eucalyptus. And this man, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a guy who planted good seed, and in the middle of the night, enemies came and planted bad seed. They planted weeds, crabgrass among the wheat. And they they grew up together. And there were some people, other disciples, who wanted to come in and pull out the bad seed, the the, the tares, it's called, the weeds. And and the, the, the guy said, no, 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 leave those alone because if you're busy trying to pull out bad things, you're gonna hurt good people at the same time. So the cool thing about being a disciple is you do not have permission to judge another. So if you're a Christian and you're like, oh, look it. Look at the evil and the sin. You have no permission to do that. I got good news for you. Stay out of it. Jesus came to save them too. Don't ever think that you're better than someone else. Because on that day, you've stopped being a disciple. Jesus says that they let the, the wheat and the tares grow together. And then when the harvest came, they gathered it all. And then the people who did the harvest separated the tares from the wheat. And the tares were done away with. And the wheat was rejoiced upon. That is what the kingdom of heaven is like. The disciples go out and make more disciples. Another thing he said in his litany, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Now, most people, when they hear about mustard, they think of, you know, and uh, go there some more mustard. Some of you missed your meal. You look so sad. Okay, Don't worry, there's food afterwards. 
And, and mustard is a tiny seed, and it grows wild around here, especially off the freeway and at the end of the summer. This little tiny seed, Jesus says, grows into like a little, a big bush that's so thick it's like a little tree. And birds come and land on the branches. But it produces where one little mustard seed created, and it's a tumbleweed. You see it blowing out there across the freeway. We have Santa Ana winds. They say on the weather report. What you don't realize is that tumbleweed that's blowing along, not just sagebrush, but this is mustard. It's dropping thousands and thousands of seeds wherever it rolls. Jesus says that's how his kingdom is. Disciples who think, what am I? I'm just, uh, you know, that's it. But what happens when you are planted in Christ? You produce fruit a thousandfold. Jesus also said, my, my kingdom of disciples is, 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 is like leaven, you know, yeast. I used to love to make the bread at my house. Come on now, we don't just make tortillas, right? We eat bread. We learn that from white people. Do I hear an amen somewhere out there? And I made bread. I'd be kneading it. I said, now I know how the cat feels, man. This is cool. It was very embarrassing. The cat was watching me. <laughs> he got inspired. And anyway, he was kneading on the couch. And I was, and I, I know you're very inspired by this. <laughs> you cannot make bread until you throw what into the flour? Before you make the dough. Yeast. And there are many of our viewers here and others here in the audience. You know what it's like. Well, no, we have the machine. We just pour it in, say on, and leave it alone, and it comes out baked and steamy. Well, the rest of us, our hands hurt after it's over. But everybody lines up for a slice of our bread. When you throw in the yeast, it impacts the whole loaf. And that's what Jesus says. You are like leaven. You will impact the whole community. The kingdom of heaven is like disciples who impact their world and make change happen. And it's delicious when it comes down. Jesus also said the kingdom of heaven is like a, a treasure that was hidden in a field and a guy knew it was there. He sold everything he had and he bought that field and scored the treasure. How much is it worth to you when you find something that precious? You see, you cannot know what discipleship is until you taste it for yourself and you realize how precious it is. You give up anything for Jesus after that. Because somebody once said, okay, like, you guys are strange, man. You don't do this. You don't do that. No, 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 no. It's not about not doing. We hang out with Jesus, dude. That's what happens when you hang out with Jesus. You start making different choices. But it's not because you're guilty about it or because you're supposed to. You gladly give up whatever you have when you found a treasure so precious. Then he says, and the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl of great price. You give up all you have to have something so precious. And finally, in the conclusion of his litany, at, toward the end of chapter 13, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like when you cast out a net, and he was talking to fishermen along the Sea of Galilee, and the net fills up with a bunch of fish. Follow me, and you're going to have such an impact that many will be blessed because you are my disciple. That's the difference between success and prosperity. If you become successful, now let me throw this paradigm at you because 
it bears repeating. Even business management methods are being reexamined on Wall Street. I know because I used to be on a team that helped manage the market. Isn't that bizarre? When you go from the street to helping manage the market. We used to clean the windows down the... Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Working with the Federal Reserve and managing interest rates and, and negotiating with the key firms of the Fortune 500 and how you manage to not have to raise the, the, the prime rate too fast so that you, they will spur the economy, will create jobs. I mean, I've learned to talk and think about some of these things. You know why? Because I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I know I'm not a good man. But what powerful things a good God can do living deep within you. It's an experience. It's not a debate. It's not a theological discourse. It is something you cannot understand until you've checked it out for yourself. Follow me and I'll make you an impacting person. The kingdom of heaven begins here. It's not fat babies with little wings in a three-string harp. It's about real people. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Real people, followers of Jesus Christ, who are leaders in training, who now, instead of being successful, because if, a, if two teams go onto the field, one must succeed, that means the other must fail. And you're going to cheer for your team, because if your team wins, you have succeeded. And the other team, the fans are coming out, well, it was okay, the game was all right, but we lost. You see, defeat is a terrible thing. And the exhilaration of victory. Now you're going to translate that into, into your, your, your career. You become successful and all your colleagues you went to school with fail. The success model bothers me to no end. Because I grew up in a community of failure. San Bernardino is a good city. Are you listening to me? Those are my people over there. So don't you ever again say that that's the bad part of town. People look on the outward appearance. God looks on broken brown hearts. Are you listening to me? San Bernardino is not a bad place. Southside Chicago is not a bad place. East L.A. is not a bad place. La Pequeña Havana and Miami and Little Haiti are not bad places. The Bronx is not a bad place. When you're a disciple, you can't possibly be into the success model and everybody else fails around you. God's model is prosperity. If He blesses you, you become a blessing to everybody because you score, everybody else scores. The biblical model of discipleship are people who are filled with Him, followers of Jesus who make the world a better place. When I'm called in by a government leader, I have the biggest temptation to say, Hi, I'm Jose. How dare I say that? I'll be disqualified and dismissed from the room immediately. Call security. One of them got in. But all I could say when I enter a government meeting, hi, I'm with the Seventh-day Adventist Church in North America. They can't easily kick out a denomination, see. And then they find out my name somewhere into the conversation because I'm not there for me. God has not called me to succeed. God has called me to prosper, which means that if we are blessed, others are blessed. 
That becomes leaven that makes the whole community rise with blessing. That becomes a little mustard seed that produces fruit a thousandfold. The kingdom of heaven is not driving out your enemies. The kingdom of heaven is not proving you're right and everyone's wrong. The kingdom of heaven begins now when you are filled with his blessing in your life. And then... When the book of Revelation says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven, the old earth are passed away. When he brings heaven to us, when we join him in the glory of glories, it's going to be disciples who prospered and brought others to his feet. And, and we're even told what he's going to tell the people when they arrive. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, here's a cool picture of heaven, okay? Enter, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was in prison, you visited me. I was sick, and you came unto me. And we'll tell them, okay, this is confusing. When were you naked and we gave you clothes? When were you locked up? When were, when were you sick? I mean, we saw you heal a bunch of sick people, but when were... And then Jesus will say, as you did it unto the least of these, my people, you did it to me. Some people think that serving God means you only go to church. Okay, we've been to church. Now we go home. Amen. <laughs> Jesus doesn't paint that picture. A disciple of Jesus is busy blessing other people. And look at you. You're being trained with not only some special skills, but your, your inherent talents that live within you in the hands of an almighty God. You could turn this world upside down wherever I go. Yes, the Loma Linda Heart team was here last week and it's training Saudi Arabian physicians or the Ethiopian physicians or these Chinese uh, physicians were trained in the latest techniques and methodologies. Some of you have launched projects in Central America and South America. You, there are all kinds of stuff of people who have taken the discipleship journey seriously. And out there where you are in your home or in your church, there are times that you know for a fact that God has used you that has not ended. It's about to increase. You too can be used by the Lord as never before. It's time we quit thinking of just ourselves. And I know it's rough because you go to class and you got two more tons of information to learn by tomorrow morning at 7. Sorry, 2.3 tons of information tomorrow morning at 7. And I know that you, you're desperate. Some of you right now are convinced you're not going to make it. I know that. Some of you, I sat in this very sanctuary shedding tears quietly myself where my major professor, we got to get you to graduation, Jose. We get, if you don't march, I'm going to... I know, which is more than likely. As I thought of and pondered my 1.7 GPA cumulative. I mean, don't answer this. Do I look like a 4.0 to you? Don't answer this. <laughs> I suffered on this campus just like many of you. And I came to the conclusion several times, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Why did I come? And I owe a million dollars too. <laughs> what am I going to do now? 
Similarly, back home, some of you know you just got fired from your job. I remember when I got fired from my, from my, my, my custodian job. I, I vacuumed, and I, but they made me come in at 3 in the morning. That's when I go to bed. I said, why don't you let me come in at 11, and I'll be done by 3. No, from 3 to 7, when the cafeteria opens, please, please. That is the schedule. Bureaucracy. Well, I got caught asleep by my boss. Asleep. And it was 7 a.m., and the calf was full, and it was a huge mess. And so he says, if I ever catch you, you, no, sir, you won't. You won't. Guess what? He caught me asleep. I want you in my office. Give me the keys. You are the worst employee I have ever had. Listen to me, Rojas. You will never amount to anything in life. Do you understand me? In fact, quote, I feel sorry for whoever hires you in life. Okay. We have the ability to destroy a soul or to build one up. To destroy a disciple or to make one. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I have good news for you. The kingdom of heaven can begin now for you. Now you can begin the journey. Now you can begin impacting others so that when God ushers in his final eternal expression of the kingdom, when you do go to heaven for an eternal life, it will make more sense that you don't go alone then many people will go with you. And it's not so much that heaven is a beautiful place because as we discussed in a previous meeting, you know, money in, in the United States of America is backed up by gold. And if I read Revelation correctly, the streets of the New Jerusalem are paved in gold. So we're talking about pavement here. And this is a world that really is concerned with pavement. And I've been to the stock market. The exchange of pavement is furious throughout the day. How much pavement you got, man? Well, our shares are dropping. Dump the pavement. Hurry. And others are gathering the pavement. Get all the pavement you can. It's something when you've grown up poor to watch a guy lose a million dollars in 10 minutes, and by the end of the day, he made $30 million. And I'm thinking, my little salary, (laughs) I'm glad I can pay my rent. You see, there's something bigger than gold on this planet, Jesus Christ. When we go to heaven, it's not about the glory of the place. It's not about the gold on the streets. It's about hanging out with Jesus. Imagine, Master, (laughs) this is it. And have him say, that's right. And have him tell me, that's right, mijo. He relates to you right where you are he calls you to be a disciple because he sees in you what you will become do not be afraid i know there are others trying to find christianity out there we have some bad apples out there giving us a bad name there are people who don't even know jesus out there who are insisting that everybody even by legislation and from the barrel of a gun has to become a christian That is not the way of Jesus. His kingdom is not of this world. It's not about how much power you have or what political influence you have with lawmakers. No, 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 no. It's about who you know, not what you know. So I must ask, do you know him? Do you know him? Isn't it time that you check him out? I wouldn't talk about this with such passion unless... 
I had met him myself. I know I'm not the best example of a good preacher. I can think of homileticians who, who do far better work than me. I'm just a disciple. I'm a leader in training. You've had to put up with the Chicano thing because that's who I am. If, if I try to be something else, you would immediately catch me. He doesn't seem transparent to me. It seems so appropriate. On the other hand, if I don't hide from you who I am, perhaps you can conclude in your own heart that God can indeed bless anyone. There is no race that is more highly favored. There is no class that is better than another. There is no caste that makes you less or more than anyone else. There is no religion that separates you better than anyone else. There is only Jesus Christ and a discipleship journey that not only changes your life for the better, makes you somebody who impacts another. Have you seen the sign of his kingdom in your life? Today is your day. Today is your day. I would like to pray with people who would like to examine discipleship in their own life. If you'd like to come, say today, I, I want to pray about this, Lord. I want to I, I know what, what plan you have for my life. This discipleship thing is intriguing to me. It's not a theological thing that's been presented. It's a totally practical lifestyle issue that I have never realized. If somebody wants to really consider that seriously, I encourage you to come because I want to have a special prayer. Don't worry, this is not an altar call. I am not trying to appeal to your emotions. I want to say to you what God says in His Word. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. This is a logical thing. It's more than a faith thing. It is an experience. As I sing this song, if you would like to say to the Lord, I want to learn more about this discipleship thing. If others of you are in the discipleship journey and you'd like to say today, I need to confirm this journey in my life, come and join me because I'd like to have a special prayer of discipleship as we conclude. All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at His feet I bow. Oh, the joy of full salvation Take me, Jesus, take me now I surrender all I surrender all All to Thee, my blessed Savior I surrender Salvador, a ti me rindo, obedezco solo a ti. 
guiador, mi fortaleza, todo encuentro Cristo en ti. A tu causa me consagro y tu amor, mi amor será. Oye Cristo, mi plegaria, quiero en ti tener perdón. I surrender. I surrender all All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender The invitation to be a disciple does not need to be an emotional encounter. He's calling you because he sees something in you that he's going to build. My mother told me the other day, son, I'm still in shock. I never imagined you ever becoming a preacher because you would hide from them. Yeah. Yeah. But one day I met Jesus. Preachers became close friends. To be a disciple doesn't mean you're a good person. It means that a good God lives within you. To be a disciple doesn't mean you're perfect, but his great perfection is your guide and your presence in life. Doesn't mean that you're strong, but it's his power that lives within you. You can always spot a Christian, even in a meeting. I would be in meetings sometimes in government, and during the meeting, we'd all be making our speeches. Well, I think this. Well, I think that. Well, I'm going to present my paper on this. This is our position. And during the hors d'oeuvres, you know, in between the breaks and all that, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah. How about you? Yeah. There's something special that he gives you as a disciple. Let's have prayer together. There are others of you a little bewildered out there, and that's okay. Fortunately, we live in a great democracy. Do not be afraid. Discipleship is the power of God living in you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for each soul that responds to your call to follow you, and you will make something even more of them. Lord, accept our sacrifice today. We want to be that seed, that good seed that's planted out there. We want to be a mustard seed. We, we want to be a catalyst, a yeast that raises the whole loaf. We, that this precious treasure, this pearl of great price, Lord, will produce great fruits for your kingdom. 
It's not just about doctrine or beliefs, Lord. It's about Jesus living in us, the hope of glory. And we turn around and are used by him as never before to bless countless people. Accept us this day as we have responded to your call. And bless each person who's pondering these things from their seats, from their homes, from their churches, Lord. Speak to us throughout the rest of this day. Thank you for the joy of giving our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please pray with me. Our loving Lord, we're thankful today for these words, for the sentiments, for the glimpse of salvation, and for the glimpse of the characters of those who will enter those eternal gates one day. Help us today as we leave this place to never forget that we are sinners saved by grace. And as we leave this place, we do enter a mission field. In Jesus' name, amen.